episode of the Last Ones In podcast, where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Jariah Archuleta, and with me today we have E. Hello. And then, again, all the way from across the country, Rocky. Hey, how's your life? <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. Ah. <laughs> um, and today, the movie that we are going to be taking a look at is what, E? We are going to be watching Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends Destination Imagination. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if you couldn't tell, E is hosting today's episode and showing the movie to everybody. I'm, I'm interested. E, if E has brought this to say this is good enough to show you guys, <laughs> then I am going to say it's probably pretty good. We'll see. It might. It has been a bit of time since I've watched it, but I do quite enjoy this movie. All right, all right. So yeah, before we get into that, uh, how's everyone doing? E, how you doing? I'm doing fairly good. Yeah, I have a TV now. That's useful. Yeah, that means you can finally set up that surround sound system I gave you. Yeah, it's only been like half a year since you gave it to me. Yeah, you can watch all three of your movies that you own. I I only found one after the move. <laughs> You can watch all of your movie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Rocky, how are you? Doing pretty good. Nothing's new with me, to be honest with you. Um, so I guess, how is the host with the most? And We counted. <laughs> we counted. <laughs> he indeed has the most. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing fantastic. To be completely transparent with everybody, we're recording this episode the day after the episode of, what did we watch? A Whisker Away. A Whisker Away, yeah. <laughs> of A Whisker Away. So not a lot has happened in our lives. The biggest thing that's happened is we recorded a live show last night, and it was chaos. It was the most fucked up thing. And I, it, it's either out on archived, and you've heard it already, or you're going to have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, or it is going to the depths of hell where it belongs. <laughs> it was a shit show. So maybe he'll come out eventually. That'll yeah. be a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Get that specific, that specific episode. $5, you get the shit show episode where everything went horribly wrong. I really liked it. <laughs> I thought it went good. You just take the middle part out, me. Yeah, if you take, like, the first... Like the middle fifty minutes out of it, it was really good. It was it was a rocky exclusive. That's why it went so well. <laughs> you got to keep the ten minutes where you just had to play music because none of us were there. Yeah, yeah, I have to keep that in, right? And then I have to put all the parts where we're just giggling because we're reading the chat. That's that's the best parts. Well, I think that that means we should get into this movie. Take it away. E. All right, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it so I'm assuming Rocky, have you seen this movie? I haven't seen this movie. Okay. Dry you have not seen this movie, correct? I have not. I've seen a few episodes of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, but I've not seen this movie. Okay, that was gonna be my next question. Uh Rocky, have you seen any of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? I haven't. This is actually the first time I've heard about the show. Okay. Oh wow. So I guess for you I'll give you so the general synopsis of that show is it is a foster home for imaginary friends and that's the basis of the show okay that's that could be a that could be pretty awesome i can see where that'd be a lot of fun and uh it was just like wacky adventures for the main cast most of it 
Where does it? Where's the show hosted? It was a uh, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. Yep. Do you? Did, are they still making the episodes? No, it ended in roughly 2008. Wow, I'm surprised I didn't hear about this. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised too. Yeah, I bet you know. E, I might have seen it and never thought about it. So we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe I have seen the show before and I've just forgotten about it. Well, I guess we can talk about that. Yeah, that happens yeah. quite a bit. I've noticed with a lot of shows, like, oh yeah, this show existed. <laughs> cool. So. I guess I'll start with Rocky then. What do you think this movie will be about? I think it's going to be about a and and the name is is it just the the name of the show? Uh, Foster's, like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends is the name of the show. The name of the movie is Destination Imagination. Destination Imagination. I okay. I I would. I wonder maybe if like this movie is going to be about because I mean if there's already a show about the hijinks of all these different uh imagination imagination characters uh then maybe the place where imagination is created um something happens and it messes it's messing up the creatures of imagination and so they have to go and fix that thing and they have to go right to the source of imagination okay that's pretty good that sounds like that would actually be a movie that's way better than what i was gonna say <laughs> well what are what is your guess Jariah? <laughs> All right, so the main character's name is Mac, right? Yeah. So I think that Mac gets angry at Blue, and he ends up making, like, a bunch of imaginary friends, and then they run amok, and they have to go and, like, wrangle all the imaginary friends up, and they end up having to go into, like, an imaginary world, and there's, like, knights. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And dragons. (laughs) Well, there's got to be dragons if there's going to be knights. (laughs) There's going to be, like, weird hybrid stuff between the two if it's Imagination Land, you know? Like... <laughs> it better be a dragon just made of entirely of knights, actually. <laughs> it's like, like, ra- irradiating knights. Like, you just see, like, people in full armor suits just, like, like, like electrons just blowing <laughs> off the body. <laughs> they, when it's just, like, pukes a bunch of people out when it spews fire, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a really cool dragon. <laughs> All right, so with that, I shall read the description. The gang must venture into a crazy imaginary world to rescue Frankie when she disappears inside a mysterious box. Okay, okay. You did, in fact, get the imaginary world part, correct? Yeah, I think Rocky also guessed that. Yeah. Yeah, that, we was, a, that, that was a collective you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I think that would be like twenty five percent each. So I think collectively that's a fifty percent. Yeah, yeah there okay. You go. We still fail. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and for to get this out of way, uh, this movie is one hour and six minutes long. Uh, I think this might be one of the shortest movies we watched. I forget how long Powerpuff Girls was, but I think, I think it, Powerpuff Girls was almost seventy. Yeah, so I think this is the shortest. Um, it was direct to TV, okay, which explains why it's so short because you could put a lot of commercials in that time. Yeah, like every five minutes, put in three minutes commercial. Yeah. Uh, now the rating. This is gonna be kind of weird. Uh, it originally was TVPG. Okay. But later re-airings actually changed it to TVY7. Just because like the censors decided it wasn't that bad. I will. I got. I will wait till after to explain the reasoning. Okay. But so that's just something kind of weird. Huh. That okay, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, if you watching 
watching, if you listening <laughs> would like to watch with us, uh, if you have an HBO Max or Hulu subscription, it is available on both those streaming services. Um, with HBO Max, you have to look for the movie itself. With Hulu, you have to go to the sixth season and then find the movie. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, it is also available on Prime Video and YouTube for one ninety nine each. Oh, that's cheap. Yeah. Nice. It is technically an episode of a TV show. So. Oh yeah. So there you go then. Episode. Episode money. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, with that, I think we can get into this movie. Okay, let's, let's go watch the movie then. All right. Uh, see you guys in a little bit. And we are back from watching Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Destination Imagination. So, yeah, I guess so. we are in the non-spoiler section. Uh, Rocky, you want to start us off with your non-spoiler thoughts? Yeah, um, actually, I I really like this movie. The problem is, it's just not the typical kind of movie that I watch, especially even for animation. Um, also, another problem with this movie, and it's not really problems e, it's it's more like context. Right, is that I feel like to really appreciate this movie, you need to watch the show. Because by the way, I've seen the show before. Oh, you did. Yeah, it's okay. a good show. I, I saw it so long ago, though. So, like, I'm taken out of that world entirely, so I don't have the relationship with these characters. But even so, it's a good movie. It's just that it's. I feel like it's more. It's more enriched if you if you are a fan of the show, and I feel like that's what this movie was made for. Fans of the show. That's fair. I was just curious because I think out of like all of the Cartoon Network movies made, I feel like this one stands as a standalone movie. One of the best, which is partially why I chose this one. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it, it has its own story. It's not like based on a, all kinds of different like, oh, that's that thing you do. So this whole movie is about that thing you do. And everyone knows you do that thing because we're four seasons deep, you know. Right, right. <laughs> it definitely is standalone. But I don't know, man. It's um, it's a good movie. I enjoyed watching this movie. It made me laugh. It was a lot of fun. I thought that the structure was pretty great. I thought that I I watched this and I thought who who even thinks of this stuff like <laughs> like the 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 level of outlandishness is pretty awesome because they they made it in a very coherent way and they they the pacing of this movie is pretty great the thing is it's really hard for me to rate this movie because it's it it it's like it's like it's like a tower built from this thing that's already there right so right. I can't take the tower and not relate it to the rest. If what I can say is if I was to judge how good the show is by this movie, I'd say the show is pretty good. It's a pretty good show from this movie, but I can't, it's really hard for me to write this thing as its own piece. Cause it, it really, it's not, even though it is standalone in a lot of ways, it's still based a lot on the show. That's, that's fair. I think, but yeah, I liked it. All right. <laughs> if you had to buy a oh, stream right. or pass, I can't, I can't, I wouldn't buy this. It'd be so weird to buy this and be like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, have, you, have you ever seen this movie? It's amazing. Oh, it, yeah, it's about the show. Have you ever seen the show? No. No, I've never seen the show. But I got the movie, though. <laughs> no, that's fair. I couldn't buy this. If I, I would probably. So, look, I'm not the kind of person who buys these kind of shows in the first place. It's just not my, my shtick. But if it was. This is a good show. 
I can tell just from this movie, just the way they, they have the characters built and stuff like this is and I like the humor and I like the relationship all like all the characters have. This is a good show and um in relation to that, yeah, I, I would this would this would definitely be a nice piece to the show that I've never seen. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean yeah, this this isn't a waste of time. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. It's just that it needs it needs the rest, you know. It needs the context of the rest of the show. Yeah, just man, it's it's hard to explain. It's it like because like you said, it is definitely standalone. But at the same time, you see the rest of the show in this. Yeah, that's why it's it's hard for me to rate it. But it is good. I do like it. I just I feel like I feel like it. I can't fairly rate this because it it's just it's it's like it's like watching the second Star Wars and rating it without the relation <laughs> to the movie that came before and the movie that comes after. Right? Just like. You know what I mean? Like that's the only one you ever watch. You're like it doesn't make. I don't know who these fucking characters are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this piece was never meant to be standalone when it was created. It was meant to give the the fans of the show something pretty awesome. And just watching this and not knowing the show, I would say that fans were probably really pleased with this and that they really enjoyed this movie. That they did a good job. So that is the best I can say. I cannot say <laughs> by stream watch. I would say what I watched, I was impressed with, and I would if I if this was my kind of stuff in the first place, I would probably check out the show. So that's what I suggest. If if you like cartoons, hey, check out the show because the movie was pretty great. That's what right. I'll say. <laughs> that seems like a good rating. Uh, Dariya. Um, yeah, it was enjoyable. It's really fun. Way back in the day when I watched the show, I liked the show a lot. Watching this, I really really liked blue a lot and just how insanely selfish and how much he just didn't care about everybody <laughs> is really fun like even at the very end like he's like okay time to go watch tv like, he's just done he's just that's all he really wanted um yeah he was just a really fun character all of the main cast's chemistry with each other is really really well thought out i think actually like everybody just has a very specific role that they play and they all they all work really well together I had a question, E, and we What's can get up? more into that in the spoilers because I'll have yeah. some more questions with that. Um, was this the end of the show, or was there more show after this? Uh, so here is a fun fact. This is the last produced thing for Fosters. However, it's not the last aired thing. Oh, weird. So technically there is a finale that they had, but I honestly would argue this really is the real finale. Okay. I think they made... Like, it was probably the crew decided what order to air this in, ultimately, but I think they really should have put this at the end. I think it would have worked better, because um, the actual final episode is, like, everyone thinks Mac's gonna leave and move, Oh, but he doesn't. Huh. And then, I don't know how far you- did you ever get to, like, episodes with uh, Cheese in it? I, I remember Cheese being introduced, and I only remember that because it, I feel like his introduction was just the basis for a really good pun. Because Mac is the <laughs> Mac main character's and name, yeah. and so when the imaginary friend Cheese comes along, everybody just calls them Mac and Cheese. Yeah. So I like I like that a lot. But um, <laughs> so he actually is kind of somewhat reoccurring. But uh, the last episode was that his creator was the one actually moving. So Foster's is now just constantly as Cheese. Oh. And that's the thing. Um, I don't think it's like a very great finale. And um, the main thing about it is Blue wants to jump the shark with Mac. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good too. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, I I think this is a better send off. But yeah, so it technically is and isn't the finale. 
It's okay. really what that ultimately boiled down to. Okay. I think that answers the other question I had. I'll still ask it later, though. Okay. Um, yeah, it's honestly really, really enjoyable and fun. Uh, it's incredibly predictable. Uh, <laughs> it, you're not here for the story, I think. It's pretty easy to say, just here for the characters and to see the hijinks and the jokes that play out. There is one thing that I was really confused about, of like, what? And E was just like, yeah, it's just a thing. What What do you mean? Why are you confused? Uh, I don't think this is much of a spoiler. The bird, Coco? Yeah. Uh, who just says Coco? Yeah. She laid an egg and a flamethrower came out? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's just what she does. That's her thing. Yeah, I yeah. get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's cartoon logic, man. But you're going to question, as soon as they do it, it becomes a thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing this isn't the first egg Coco's hatched in the no, show. No, that's like part of her character is she lays those eggs, and it's basically a gotcha pawn where she'll lay them, and it has something in it. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's usually, it's fun. Um, I might later go into that because like that's like a general Foster's kind of fact type thing. Okay. So maybe later I'll go into that after we're talk done with most of the movie. But yeah, okay, okay. cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like like you were saying, Rocky. It's just this is incredibly um imagine imagine imaginary mad imaginative. Yes, this is incredibly imaginative. And, like, every single thing in the Imagination Land area or whatever is just really fun. Like, that's that's the best way to describe this movie is that it's just incredibly fun. And it's hard not to enjoy it, even if you aren't a fan of cartoons, I think. Just because it's also just really enjoying throwing everything out there. And it's hard not to go along for the ride. Yeah, it's really clever. It's it's it's, it's a funny... I, I, I uh, they, they made something pretty great here. I, I think that show... See, I, I watched a few episodes. I think I was starting to get to an age where I started losing interest. Right. Um, and those kind of cartoons, I was more... My interest started going to, like, anime where everyone was getting killed and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I was, I, so I, I think I was... So I, I've, I've seen a few episodes. But yeah, it's... it's That humor is pretty, pretty good stuff. And I mean, that... The, the imagine... The, cre- the creativity of the show is pretty great yeah um i would say it's worth the stream honestly it it's not difficult to stream right now on hulu and hbo max so it's worth a stream it's worth checking out and like if you like the movie then i'm uh, i'm assuming you'll really like the show too yeah so that's that's me what about you yeah so uh i quite enjoy fosters i have probably seen every episode many i've probably seen multiple times quite frankly (laughs) Um, it was just during that era where I just consumed constant TV whenever I was awake. So <laughs> it was, and it was one of the shows, like it was definitely a show I would prefer to watch over something else. I, I, again, when I, I think I said this earlier, I haven't seen this movie in a while and honestly watching it again really felt nice. Cause I was like, okay, so it's not like nostalgia is con- completely took me for this movie. I like, I do genuinely think this is definitely a good movie. and. I think it's a movie, like, even if you remove the Fosters, I think there's a really interesting story with it. And with it being Fosters, it really, it doesn't, like, feel out of place. It doesn't feel like they had a completely different movie that they threw Fosters in. It definitely f- goes with the show really well. And Yeah, it feels like it belongs in the world of Fosters. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like it was another entity just glued onto it. Yeah, because, like, that's, honestly, as someone who constantly watched cartoons as a kid, um, that's something I think a lot of movie cartoon movies got wrong is they felt so disconnected from the actual show and this is up 
I would say this is up there with like Ed Na's Big Picture Show for like completely perfect movie for the show. Um, I would say this is definitely worth a sh- stream with the caveat of you probably should at least watch a couple episodes before watching. <laughs> Although you probably could watch this first and then watch episodes. You like it's not like you have to follow any <laughs> complex storyline. Right, like everything that happens in this is detained within itself. Right. Like you don't there's nothing coming in from the show really except for maybe a, a couple of characters and how they behave and knowing yeah, their roles like, in the show. Entirely not remembering the show at all. Everything I needed to know about the show was described in the show in the first 5 minutes. So I knew where I was, what the what I was to expect. So it definitely is like Jariah said, self-containing. I just like there's a couple moments in this movie I definitely think don't make sense if you haven't watched the show and I'll go into those in spoiler probably, but like okay. that's why I think maybe watch a couple episodes first. But ultimately, it is just solid. It's not my favorite cartoon movie. It's it's not my favorite movie, of course, <laughs> which coincidentally is also a cartoon movie, I guess. But like I yeah, I definitely think it's worth the stream. I think just the pure creativity that this movie has is worth watching because it. Not only does it create this really cool world about these imaginary friends, it created a subworld inside that world is that is almost that is just as interesting, and that's really hard to do. I would argue. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh, I think that is it for the non-spoiler section. So we are going to start spoiling a twelve-year-old movie <laughs> based off a cartoon that also ended around the same time. Uh, so if you don't want to hear that. Feel free to stop here and watch it and come back. It is, again, only an hour and six minutes. Very easy watch. Yeah, so we will see you after for the spoilers. And we're into the spoilers. So, uh, general plot, honestly, this is one of the few times I think the one-sentence-long description really is just what the movie's about. It's about they get the toy box and Frankie goes in there. And the crew tries to get her out. There's not, yeah. like, that's basically the plot of the movie. Um, The other thing is there is a, like, this idea of actually treating your workers fa- fairly throughout the whole movie. Yeah, because Frankie is, like, constantly on her feet and going and going and going. And the boss, uh, Mr. Mr. Harriman. Harriman, because he's a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's, like, constantly pushing her to do more and more and more. And... Nobody ever appreciates just how much she's really doing. And, until uh, she's gone, of until course. Until she's gone, of course. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And that's a song, I think, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, and the part that's not in the description is, in that toy box is this imaginary face. And he actually con- he controls the entire world inside that toy box. And it's the reason that he even shows up in Fosters is because the parents didn't want their child to be with them all the time. So they locked him up and then sent him to Foster's. So, like, here's the other thing. Is that toy chest part of the imaginary friends, like, thing? Yeah, I think so. I don't think so. Because uh, the way Frankie was describing his plight at the end was that this was someone who had everything he wanted except a friend, which kind of felt like these objects kind of exist outside of him. And you got to also remember... He could only control one thing at a time in that place, and everything else seemed to just run automatically without him. I feel like he was trapped in there, and that was sort of like a like a haven 
because it's like, hey, look, yeah, you're going to be by yourself, but you're in a super... It's like being trapped in Minecraft or something, right? <laughs> that, actually, that's a very good description, I would say. Yeah, Um. so I, I think it was, like, outside of himself. Because that's what I thought first. I thought that the toy box was the imaginary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought I was going to go with, too. So, like... Uh, so the rules of how imaginary friends work in the universe are a bit loosey-goosey. Okay. Well, they're so, imaginary friends, so... Yeah, that's kind of the point. Because um, the, there also is parts, like, in the start of the movie when they're trying to find Frankie, the toy box, like, can react to what they're doing. Like, it shuts itself when they get near, and the way they open it is they tickle the toy box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think it might be an extension of him. That's true, yeah. So basically, he's like an imaginary friend that can create things inside this toy box, which is pretty on par with how imaginary friends work in that universe anyways, so. That, that's fair. Um, there was another question that I was saying in the non-spoilery stuff that I wanted to bring up, um, which you basically answered it. I was going to ask if this was the end of the show or if there was more show after this, and then this imaginary friend was in it at all. He was not. That's a, That's a shame. Like, I really think this was supposed to be how they ended the show, and yeah. they were told they have to make an actual episode. Because, <laughs> like, re- there's three episodes after this movie, basically. That's weird. There's, like, three or four. That's so. really weird, because this does feel like a very fitting ending. Yeah. It feels like it, like, hits the point of, like, everybody agreeing, like, work together more, and, like, the point is to always have friends. And, like, so it's weird that they wouldn't end with that. Right, and like I explained, like the ending ending is that Cheese is now a permanent member at Foster's, but he's not in this movie, so timeline-wise, that doesn't make sense either. Yeah, <laughs> so that's weird. I'm going to say that ending's a throwaway ending, and this is the real ending. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like this movie's just really fun. Like one of the best sequences in the movie, or one of the ones that like I got the most enjoyment out of, is their going down this river that's just a ball pit and like they're freaking out a ton and like trying not to drown and stuff like that and they're rescued by this quote-unquote superhero person and like you get like this very like wide angle shot of the river and it's just going really slowly and you just hear little plastic balls like thinking next to each other when like the scene before that it's like a rushing river sound and everything and then like blue comes out and he's on the boat and he's like wobbling around like he's dying and then what's the long run guy's name wilt wilt he's the tall one yeah 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 um, he's like, Blue, it's plastic balls, you can't drown. <laughs> like, that was just really good. I don't know, it's using the imagination thing, but, like, it's still, it's still just plastic balls, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Foster's honestly did the best, I think, where, like, it has these whimsical stuff, but it is still actually grounded in reality. Yeah. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, and so, I guess we should say this so that person who saves them is actually the imaginary friend face. He can, since he takes over stuff, so he, like, becomes a cop first, and then saves them from the quote-unquote cop. Yeah. Then they quest with him, and when that's not working, he becomes a dog they save. <laughs> and then drugs them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also like how, like, Mac just wasn't ever allowed to have sugar. He's like, because they're, like, sugar-covered cookies. Is that, like, a character thing with him? Yeah, oh, so you probably never saw that episode. If Mac has sugar, he co- he cokes out. Oh, really? <laughs> like, he's straight up like, sugar, sugar, and then, like, he tries to get any sugar anywhere, and, like, that ep- the episode where they reveal that, he ends up naked running down the streets. <laughs> so he literally just, like, a cokehead. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not allowed sugar because he does that. <laughs> so that was one of the things I said in Last Boy, that, like, you need to know the show 
And like this, like it kind of works without knowing that because it's just, oh, okay, he's a kid; he's not supposed to have sugar, right? But yeah, that's that's what happens when he has sugar; he cokes out. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I think they only do that like two or three times in the series. That's that's like that's fun though. Yeah, like it's it's the childlike whimsy because like when you're a child, that's what it feels like to be on a to have a bunch of sugar. Yeah, you're just running around super crazy, no idea what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um. (laughs) So here's another thing. I noticed that there was a reference to Mojo Jojo on a shirt. Yeah. Uh, what's up with that? So this series is made by Craig McCracken. Powerpuff Girls is made by Craig McCracken. Ah. <laughs> so he, actually, not only is that, there's an ep- in the first episode, they reveal one of the imaginary friends is Mojo Jojo because some kid watched it on TV and just copied that. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of like random references like that, honestly. The art style makes a lot of sense now, Ben. It, I can see the Powerpuff Girls, like, style. In yeah. There. The other main thing I can think of that probably doesn't make sense if you don't watch the show is at the end sequence when they're all, like, running to the toy chest because everything's good now. Um, Like, there's a character, the Duchess, who just slams the door. That probably doesn't make much sense if you don't know that character. I do actually remember the Duchess. She was, like, one of the earliest characters they introduced in the show, right? Like, episode six or something? Episode one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was actually, it was that character I was uh, surprised and kind of happy to see. And then I forgot that there was, like, the grandma character. Madam Foster. Yeah, I forgot she existed until the end when, like, she comes back. She's like, I'm back from vacation. Where is everybody? I always find that, I wonder why she isn't in the story. I, that's a good, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I just completely forgot she existed. I think that's most of the stuff that you need to know the show to understand, really. Because yeah. the rest are just like, oh, yeah, there's these characters and... The sandwich guy, like, it's like, haha, he's the sandwich guy, so he wants a sandwich. But, like, even if you don't know that, it's like, haha, he wants a sandwich. And he eats the mop. That's like E. That's <laughs> I do everything. not eat mops. I don't know, E. If, you put two, <laughs> if I put two pieces of bread between a mop, I'm pretty sure you take do a Do I bite. know it's a mop? No. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, Rocky, was there anything else, like, you felt you should have you needed to know the show to understand uh the ending i didn't know if there was something prior that happened that um that grandmother went on vacation because she's like i'm back from vacation i was like i wonder what the context of that was but it sounds like that Uh, was just a standalone (laughs) joke that like you'd get if you watched the show i think they honestly just forgot to write her in the story okay uh, i was just she's the grandmother of frankie so like that's why frankie actually works there okay um, and that's the patron, uh, Her, was it Harrington was talking about? Herman. That the, she's the granddaughter of their yeah. greatest patron. That's okay. That makes sense. Um, and then, uh, the Duchess that you're talking about, was that the, was that the character with the strange nose? That she had like the yeah. long nose and then she was like wearing something on her head? Uh, yeah. Oh. The one that looks like a Picasso painting. Yeah. Green. Yeah. You know, the she's thing the is. the Duchess. Yeah, I recognized her, but I couldn't tell from where. I was like, I know her. I know this person. I, it would make sense if she was in the beginning. Of, yeah, she, she's really like the antagonist, basically, of the series. She was definitely uh, happy to see them all happy, I guess. Um, no, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have too much questions. I, I, I do feel like everything really is self-contained well there's there was those slight nuances i didn't even catch the uh when the character who was complaining about the sandwich 
I didn't catch that that was the thing because, like he said, you're just like, okay, he just wants, you know, he wants yeah. a sandwich. I'm trying to think if there's anything in particular that I was like that would need more explanation. I don't think so. I don't think I think they did a really good job making this its own thing. That's good. yeah, because like. I think you're right when you were in the non-spoiler. Like, the first, like, five or so minutes does kind of explain every character. It explains that it's an orphanage. It explains the relationship. I even think it re- explains the relationship of the the boy that's there. I can't remember his name. Uh, Mac. Um, yeah, Mac. I think that it kind of... Yeah, I mean, you, you understand that Frankie's working there. You understand that why she's there because of that, that off comment from Harrington. You get the strong gist that Harrington is you know, running the sh- the show. Um, yeah, everything that you would need to know to understand the background and appreciate it. And it does it really quick, which I think is something that the movie we watched last time, A Whisker Away, could have learned something with, because I really do <laughs> feel like they had a pacing problem that ended up eating up the resources. And this one paced it really, really quick and laid a good foundation to understand what was going to happen. It's actually funny you say that because while we were watching this movie, I was like, man, everything is just happening like super brisk. Like there's no filler. Everything that happens is happening for a reason. I was like, huh, Whisker Away didn't do that at all. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> I mean, it, it, Whisker Away created a fascinating foundation, but it just, just the, the pacing in this is pretty great because you know exactly what's going to happen, why it's happening. They've established the next thing from the thing that happened before and they did it in a way that captured your attention. So it transfers that power to the next moment. Because you actually are invested from piece to piece. And I think, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't left feeling lost. Where I watched A Whisker Away, which is a standalone piece entirely, and halfway through I'm like, <laughs> what is, why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really like the ending to this also, by the way, The Fosters. Yeah. I feel like, I, I, I've obviously not seen a lot of, like, endings for cartoons and whatnot. Because mm-hmm. um, even the cartoons that I did watch in the day, I didn't, like, watch them all the way to the end. I just watched whatever it was on. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it actually felt like an ending to something. Yes, that's honestly, as someone who has watched many endings, some of them really don't feel like that. And it, like, Foster's really is probably up there with one of the best endings to an animated series. Yeah. Um. Also thinking about all of this, though, one thing I I think I remember this to be correct. All right, let's um, shoot. Let's see. Mr. Harrington is the imaginary Harriman. Harriman goddamn it. <laughs> Mr. Harriman is the imaginary friend of Miss Foster. Yeah, Madam Foster. Of Madam Foster. Okay. Yes. How does that work? She created him when she was a kid. But then, like, how does the Foster work? How's the system work? Okay, so you can create your own imaginary friends, but they don't go away. So the foster home was created to kind of make sure that the imaginary friends who get abandoned ha- can have another kid to take care oh. of. And uh, it's kind of sad, honestly. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's kind of the basis of the show is you kind of have this. They're trying to remove the cycle of have imaginary friend. You're too old, which is weird in a world where they're real things. Right. <laughs> and then they go like they just wander the streets basically um it's revealed some places use them as free or cheap labor huh uh <laughs> so like yeah it's kind of like try to be to stop that cycle okay and bosses honestly is kind of messed up in a lot of ways dark yeah like um 
So in the show, it's revealed there are imaginary friends that are like food that are created because of a lot of kids in like weight loss camps to be eaten. <laughs> oh. Um, and you actually get to watch one get eaten by Mac's brother in an episode. Huh. That's weird. And they're sentient beings. Huh. <laughs> Is this like a bug snack situation? It's existential crisis. Just you are made to die. Yes. No, that is literally the episode. Is they're like, we are created to die and we have to, we're trying to live. Huh. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did get away from that a bit towards the later episodes. I think it became more like wackiness. Right. Instead again. of like, hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't just make this really sad and depressing. I think they honestly. So it's a thing I think a lot of shows need to learn is kids are smarter than you think. Yeah. They can handle that stuff. It's true. They also have an episode about the foster, uh, the imaginary friends becoming slaves, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, but I also think that this is a good medium to, like, teach kids, like, yeah, the world also kind of sucks. Like, there's a lot of happiness out there. So, I mean, I want to, I think that having it where it goes into dark things is is very healthy because the world is a very dark place and it, cartoons can be a good medium to help, you know, kids understand that. Yeah, That's yeah, why I all the characters agree. should get slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> they almost die here, so... And that's what Curse the Cowardly Dog was for, right? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like, having this out there is probably, like, if you're a foster kid, this would be, like, such a ray of sunshine, honestly. I think so. Like... I can't I can't imagine how weird and sad and lonely it would be to be a foster kid. And like this just seems like it's such a message of hope and happiness and like you still have people that love you and care about you even though they're like not technically like your family or whatever. Right. Like it's just really nice, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kinda a big part of fosters. Like it's made for as many shows, it's made for people who don't feel like they have a voice a lot of times. Yeah. But uh <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the general Foster stuff, I guess. Back to the movie. Um, <laughs> I guess I want to talk about the Imagination Land because okay. it is made. It is so interesting to look at. It's really creative. It feels like an entire toy aisle was just dropped, like onto a mat, and they're like, "Okay, how do we make these things real?" Yeah, it's cause, really cool. Because like the first place you look at is entirely made of cardboard and crayons. Mm-hmm. And then you go into this place, and it's like one of those little toy villages that kids have. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, it has, like, the wibble wobbles, and then, like, even, Blue even references, like, they wobble, but they never fall down! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really fun. Um, yeah, like... The bridge is made of Legos, and yeah, the, they destroy yeah, it. <laughs> yes. It's just... I don't know. If it's, it's, it's insane. Because it's just so creative. Yeah. In a way that... I don't, I'm not, I don't say this often, E. I... Don't know if a live action movie could ever pull anything this creative off. I don't think it really could. Well, one, how would you even do the imaginary friends in live action? Yeah, anyway, no they would look horrifying in live action. <laughs> I think Blue's the only one that might work. Yeah, he's just a little blob. Like, what's it? The bull dude? Oh, Eduardo. Eduardo. He. I love Eduardo. I love. He's my favorite. Honestly. Um. Yeah. Like he would be horrifying in live action. <laughs> I think Wilt would be the most terrifying. His. His eyes crooked. He's missing an arm. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> actually he's actually disabled. Like he used to he used to just be a basketball imaginary friend. Like 
So he was built. That's why he's so tall and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he had an accident and lost an arm and broke his eye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would probably be terrifying to see. Oh, I guess while we're we're talking about the imaginary friends here, why does Coco only say Coco? All right, so it's gonna be kind of sad. You ready for it? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before we bring this up, okay. I want to say that Coco is my favorite of all of them. That okay. was the one that I like to watch the most. Coco is just so much fun. And then Eduardo, and then Will, and then Blue and Mac were just okay. Blue was actually kind of obnoxious to me. He's, I, I he's, started liking Blue in the end. But yeah, he's at a the beginning, dick. I was like, this, this dude's a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Blue, Blue is unfortunate because I think he really suffered from flanderization. Because I'd say in the beginning of the series, he's just kind of like, he's like a lovable jerk kind of. But towards the end, he's just an ass. And <laughs> yeah, like even at the end of this movie, like they get out and immediately he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go watch TV." Yeah, because like that's not I. You've seen a bit of the early season. I would say that's not what the early seasons Blue would have done. Because yeah. the early season, he did genuinely care for everyone. Yeah, but towards the end, he was just, "I am existing to cause mischief." Yeah, chaotic neutral. He really grew into himself, and he's obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's never gonna get adopted. <laughs> but uh, all right, so you ready for the Coco? Yes. All right. So Coco's creator created Coco on a deserted island. Coco is an amalgamation of the things the creator saw. Her body was the crash plane. Her mouth is the deflated raft. Her head is the palm trees. And her legs are orange because that's what the creator saw constantly looking down was her sunburned legs. The reason Coco only says Coco is because the creator was not in their right mind when they actually created Coco. This Coco's isn't amazing. A... <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, this isn't like a fan theory. This is what the creator has actually said. And like the reason why Coco just has eggs that hatch out and have whatever is because island. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so. Probably all the things he wished he had on the island or she wished he had on the island. Yeah. Like a flamethrower. <laughs> like, oh, I had a flamethrower. Coco can make a flamethrower. I imagine, I imagine she probably could get off because of Coco, at least. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's huh. that's not... They never actually... The closest in the series itself that they get to that is that they reveal Coco was in an island when a bunch of explorers found her. Oh. Yeah. So it's possible that, the, like, the person who created oh. it died. That is a it's possibility. Huh. <laughs> So, yeah, um, Foster's is dark. (laughs) Okay, so what's Eduardo's backstory? He is actually pretty fairly wholesome. Um, He was created by a little girl who got picked on a lot, so she wanted this big monster to protect her. But the reason Eduardo is such a scaredy cat is because she also needed someone who was really gentle with her her and her little brother. Oh. So he was there to scare her, and actually she ended up learning to fend for herself when people are like, wait, this monster's not actually <laughs> I'm not actually scary or mean yeah. or violent at all. So, yeah. And then and then she became a cop when she grew up. Oh. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Do you ever see her again in the show? Yeah, um, there's the Goodwill Hunting actually shows you <laughs> most of the creators. Um, oh, really? Not Coco's. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to see Coco's creator. <laughs> But uh, that one's about finding Wilt's creator, essentially. Honestly, that one takes too much knowledge of Foster's, I think. Um, Wilt's creator is basically Michael Jordan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like Eduardo. 
Yeah, Vardo's great. Uh, he has my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> When, like, the prince hero guy uh, comes in, when the villain, like, pretends to be this prince hero who's helping them out in the movie, and is actually sabotaging them at every turn instead of helping them. Yeah, surprising. It's such a twist. You <laughs> can't see twist. it coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, going off and, like, saying a bunch of things, like, you must escape now and hither and dawn. Verily. <laughs> and verily, and you don't want to go through these horrible, fearful camps. And then he, like, gets done talking, and where I was like, he don't speak very good English. <laughs> <laughs> really good yeah oh yeah also eduardo is spanish which is probably why i like him a lot too <laughs> yes he is also spanish yes <laughs> but i thought coco had some pretty banger lines <laughs> coco coco, coco? <laughs> actually it's canonically according to this movie it's canonical that coco curses a lot oh yeah because huh? <laughs> there's like that writing on the wall yeah and it's like get out of here you Oh, I have yeah, to it's that Mr. Harriman is a big fat. Oh yeah, he's like oh, uh oh, and then he's like, what was it? Will Will starts like scratching it out. He's like, the only people that say that is yeah. Max like only people who say that, and then Coco's like Coco, and he's like, well yeah, you, but Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dialogue in this movie is really good too. Yeah, honestly, like like Craig McCracken and his wife Lauren Faust are really good at just writing dialogue between characters. Like, you can see that in Powerpuff Girls a lot, too. Yeah. And um, a show I personally haven't seen, but a lot of people love, uh, My Little Pony, who is created by Lauren Faust, his wife, has a lot of really good dialogue, it sounds like, too. Yeah, there's a huge fan base for My Little Pony. Yeah. Um, there's a couple lines from there that I've seen, like, clipped out and put on YouTube and stuff like that that I've actually really liked. So they're, like, a writing duo? They, like, work together? Well, they're husband and wife. Well, I mean... Yeah, but, yeah, they work together <laughs> a lot, um... Recently, they have branched out on their own projects, but they still honestly have back and forth, I think. That's cool. And from what I understand, like, if she's the creator, then she is very open to, like, the fans and stuff like that as well. Yeah, she was, honestly. Because, like, there was that um, My Little Pony game, fighting game. That yeah, was... um, it's currently called Them's Fighting Herds, but... Yes, because yeah. they had to change it because copyright. But, like, the creator came out and was like, hey, like, what if we just draw you some original characters? Yeah. Because, like, hey, you can't use the ponies, but what if we just draw you what are basically original characters from My Little Pony? Yeah, what if game? we just give you original Twilight Do Not Steal? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's well, really yeah. cool. Honestly, like, they're both really open about what they do. Craig McCracken has, like, like the reason we know a lot of random facts about that is because he actually just had a DeviantArt that he would just post, like, concept art and stuff for Fosters while he was working on it. That's really cool, actually. That's how you learned about Coco. Huh. <laughs> That's that's an incredible amount of openness that I think you don't see with like a lot of animated stuff. Honestly, a lot of animated, if you ask, they will tell you unless they're under NDA. Oh, really? If it's like a big project or something? Yeah. So if you just like know the animator, be like, "Hey, is this this?" They'll be like, "Yeah, yeah." A lot of times, unless like it's a super secret, obviously. Right, but. right. But it makes sense, though. I mean, you put your heart and soul into this stuff. I mean, you're you're gonna be happy to share. And I mean, most of the time, this kind of stuff, there's always something deeper to it too and so they want to share that too you know I'm, I get that Honestly, the reason you probably said that Coco stuff is I'm gonna guess the network didn't let him <laughs> do that yeah just put that episode into where Coco's imaginary friend dies after going insane and burning to death on an island yeah <laughs> Coco needs a more intense backstory that's just the Coco way I th honestly like that. I think it's really cool that Coco does get this really neat backstory like even if we don't get to see it in universe. Right. <laughs> like, it really, I think it adds to Coco's like, oh, why is this character such, like, an amalgamation of everything? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Sad, <laughs> but it makes sense. 
And then here's the other thing I think I remember from the show. Blue is Mac's imaginary friend, right? Correct. But he's not allowed to have him at home anymore? No, because he is quote-unquote too old. Mac's 10, by the way. Yeah. I mean, imaginary friends are a very young thing. Yeah. I mean, in this universe, they're real. (laughs) In this universe, they're real, so it's weird that they can't just have them. But yeah. I'm not sure. Mac's somewhere around 10. I shouldn't say he's specifically 10, but yeah. And... Blue Blue's design is honestly as simple as it is. It's such an ingenious design. It reminds me of the ghosts from Pac-Man. I think that's kind of what they're going for. Um, <laughs> they they literally they had a Halloween episode where Blue got sick and looked like a ghost, and they did a Pac-Man reference in it. But <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of becoming a General Foster's podcast, but I'm down for it. <laughs> well, I mean, I just have questions, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, I'll just, I'll throw this fun fact out here. This actually won an Emmy. Oh, for real? Yeah. That's for cool. Best animated program, one hour or more. <laughs> a little specific, but hey, yeah. you know what? <laughs> That's why they went the six minutes. They were like, it was 59. They're like, oh, wait. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I think they deserve it. Yeah, honestly, I think this was, I don't, I didn't look exactly what came out around the same time that would win that, but I think this probably would deserve it anyways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just like. It's not something that I think you could put in theaters and have, like, work. But for, no. like, a TV animated movie, like, it's it's pretty good. I mean, they tried that with the Powerpuff Girls, and that did not work. Right, right. <laughs> we, exp- we experienced that. We did that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I didn't say the thing about the rating, did I? Oh, yeah, tell us about that, because that's All weird. Right. So, like I said, it was, t- it was on its first airing TVPG, and then it became TVY7 after, which is a lower rating for those of you who don't know the rating system. <laughs> the reason is, so there is a line towards the climax where uh, Mr. Harriman says, what is going on? And Blue says, you peeved him off. Mm-hmm. The closed captioning thought they, he said, you pissed him off. Okay. And that combined with just a darker tone made him do a TVPG. Weird. <laughs> Wait, I definitely heard you pissed him off. That's that's why I got TVPG. No, it's peeved. Really? No, I heard pissed, dude. <laughs> I swear to God, I heard pissed. Because I remember thinking to myself, I was like, wow, I can't believe they just said pissed in this. And I was like, whoa. Well, funnily, standards these days. Funnily enough, uh, another show, regular show, got away with saying pissed for a while. Um, they eventually had to just say peed, which is not a thing. <laughs> you peed him off. Yeah. Or no, no, it was ticked, and in other countries it was pee. It's weird, um, oh. but yeah, uh, you're still not actually supposed to say piss, because it is in fact <laughs> a swear word. Right. But yeah, that's why he got a slightly higher rating originally. That huh. combined with the darker tone. That's weird. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I just find it hilarious, though, that they didn't ask. <laughs> right, there's like, I guess it says it. PG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's a so there are a lot of references in this movie. Oh, are there like a bunch we didn't catch? Uh, I don't know how many you've caught. So there, there's an entire segment where it's clearly just Mario. Yes, yes, that is part. That's like a five or ten minute part of the movie. Yeah. Here's a fun fact about that. They actually sample asteroids for the sound effects. Really? Yeah. Like why? Is that just one they get away with? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so there's of course the Mary Poppins and the star. I really like that Mary Poppins <laughs> reference. Uh, you also get the Mojo Jojo reference in that sequence yeah. there, because uh, Mr. Harriman mm-hmm. um, is like trying to replace Frankie, Frankie Foster, 
because she just has been disappeared for weeks and weeks and nobody looked into it. It's only been a couple of days. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, still is concerning. But... It's a little concerning. And so he's like trying to hire people and everybody, the first person he tries to hire looks exactly like Frankie. Yeah. With um, a Mojo Jojo shirt. Yes, with a Mojo Jojo shirt. And then he like keeps trying to hire a bunch of different people and even people that are doing a great job, he just fires them right away. Yeah. And like it's a montage of him like firing a bunch of people and Mary Poppins like flies down from the sky and she's like a what was it a teaspoon of cinnamon yeah Yeah. helps the medicine and then just a slam door on her face it was really good it's silly there's of course the Disney princess thing in the middle of when the first the first montage of her going in there where she wears like the big old dress and yeah at first I was like uh this is like a sly nod and then she does the singing thing yeah because it looks just like Belle or I think it was yeah and then I don't know how much I agree with one. They said that, like, when them falling is a reference to Alice in Wonderland. I don't, I don't know. Kind of, I can see it. I can see it, it, I guess, because that's, like, a classic scene in Alice. But, like, it's a very specific pose that she does as well. Yeah. So maybe, maybe not. I could see it, though. We had the Weeble Wobble Men, of course. Yes, very good. (laughs) They don't fall. And then, basically, all of the Imagination toys are obviously based off real toys. Yeah. There's a reference to Narnia, where Max like, yeah. maybe we can get through with the wardrobe, <laughs> and he just jumps in a wardrobe. Yeah, that part was really good, too. I yeah. forgot about that, actually. <laughs> and I don't... You'll have to check this, because I haven't seen what it's based off. I was told the floors in the fake Foster's house are based off The Shining. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't, I didn't even see. Did you see those, Rocky? Uh, No. No, I can't even remember what the floors in the shiny. I remember no, the yeah. red carpet, but I don't. I don't remember seeing red in that scene on the on the floor. If I were to see like the, the carpet, carpet, then I could. Is there a picture of it? Uh, this did not have it, unfortunately. Damn, I was just told that. And honestly, I trust him because you know Foster's honestly was super into referencing things. Right, right. As honestly, I shouldn't say Foster. Cartoons love referencing things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that. I love cartoons so much because I honestly am not too big in references, especially for no reason. I think I'm going to say some of these I think are good jokes. Like the Mary Poppins one is funny because she gets the door slammed in her face. Yeah. And she's like classically the best uh, nanny or whatever. But yeah, there's like a bunch of that. Um, The Mario one is a take it or leave it for me. Honestly, I think they kind of they kind of do some fun stuff with it. But ultimately, it's like. It really just is, A, here's Mario for 10 minutes. Yeah, it's very overt. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no hiding that it is a Mario reference through and through. And then, I, it didn't say in the stuff I was looking at, the, the diamond at the end of that has to be Sonic, right? Yeah, that's Sonic. That's clearly Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, an animal comes out and everything, like, it's yeah, Sonic. Yeah, it's clearly, okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's most of the references that were listed. There, This honestly probably has so many more. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. I guess Jenner, I love the imaginary face. I think that is so clever, honestly. It's really cool. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, once it's like in the real world and you realize <laughs> he can just take over anything. Only not non-animate things. Yes, only inanimate objects. But still, like... Also, he's still limited by them being able to move. <laughs> he right. He can't just move as a painting. Right. So, like, yeah, so Frankie makes, like, that doll for him at the end. Yeah. I was I was just gonna say that watching watching um the face I thought that'd be really cool if someone made a game that was like a horror like you have to survive the killer like typical like four v one right or even in like one that's already out but like uh where you you're in like a mansion and all there's all these inanimate things and the killer can possess any of them 
That's kind of a thing, actually. Oh. What game? Um, it's in Prey. It's in Gary's Mod. Uh, well, Gary's Mod is hide and seek, but... Well, yeah, but that's basically what you're yeah, talking about, right? Yeah. Like, the killer can just be any object and you don't know what it is. Well, yeah, but, like, I think, like, Gary's... It, it's a mimic, right? It doesn't actually take over stuff. It's a mimic. Yeah, isn't that's it? true, actually. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Still be a cool idea, though. No, I think so. <laughs> I think you could probably design a cool game around that concept alone, and there pro- I, there's probably movies that have that kind of idea within it but this was the first one i saw and it i just really think that's such a cool concept for especially for imaginary friend because it kind of makes sense like a kid would think like that yeah yeah that's true i was gonna say there is a movie about mimics but it's actually about giant cockroaches that can mimic voices of humans and have like the shadow of a human but they're just giant cockroaches so that's pretty different actually i was thinking too with the face like that totally is like like I, I don't feel like it'd be something like a really creative kid would make. I see the face. I th- I think it's a really creative idea. Like it's something I never would have thought of. But what I but I think like a kid would do it simply because like let's say you have all these different toys, but you want to play with that toy. I could totally see a kid like this is Benny, and you're like I thought the rabbit was Benny. He's like Benny can be whatever he wants to be. You know, like I could totally see. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that probably is what this guy really. Would be yeah. I could totally see a, a a kid inadvertently making an imaginary friend like that without ever realizing. <laughs> so you say that that's actually a thing that happens in this universe is you can accidentally make imaginary friends. <laughs> um, that sucks. <laughs> they actually one of the rooms in there are a bunch of squiggles because babies make them without like understanding how to do anything. So they're just squiggles that wander around. So it's just squiggles wandering around the house? Yeah. And they, and the, you know, they get adopted after people figure out, hey, we can actually use these for stuff. Because, like, <laughs> they start, like, sweeping the floors and stuff. <laughs> so kind of weird um, moral there. Yeah. <laughs> you're, oh. only, you're only adoptable if you're useful. <laughs> Oof. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, uh, actually, so not in the series, but in the comics, you can actually make imaginary friends that are just people, essentially. Wait, there's a Foster's comic? Uh, their Cartoon Network just made comics and would do all their shows during that time because that's when everyone had comics, honestly. Oh, but um, in the comics, there's actually an imaginary friend that's just a clone of Frankie. Oh, and like so, that's questionable. Yeah, you want it? So here's the thing. So it's like the kid really likes Frankie, and their parents told him he's too young to have imaginary friends. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of weird. And again, the Fosters is kind of dark yeah that's weird fosters is creepy isn't it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well i think we should get into final thoughts here all right uh rocky why don't you start us off i mean i i think my what i when i said gave my buy rent or stream kind of synopsis i feel like it really does sum up how i feel about this um this movie it's 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 really funny it's it's really great it's very creative it's it, it really capture captures your attention and i i think that's a big deal because there's been a few movies i've watched where just my mind can go all over the place easily and i'll 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 allow it i won't focus on the movie if i don't want to focus on the movie i'm not going to no that's fair so the, so the fact but i i mean we there we could pretty much talk about this movie scene from scene and i'd pretty much be able to know what we're talking about and where it happened in the movie and stuff. So it definitely captured my attention. 
I, I think that the, the creators know how to create a narrative um, and knows how to keep you on that narrative and also how to move that narrative along. Because I feel like it's very, very hard to base something this quickly, right, but still have it where it's cohesive, where you're following it the entire time. I think that's that's very difficult. And it definitely shows the um, these 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 people know their craft. Um, yeah, this is this is good stuff. It's hard for me to give it a rating because it's it is it's like it's like taking a tower out of a landscape and then criticizing the way that the walls are built and stuff when it was a celebration of the landscape it came from <laughs> to begin with. Right. With that being said, it's a pretty great tower. Not looking at the rest of the content, and I can only imagine how bomb ass the the <laughs> land must be <laughs> which thing was made um so yeah i would say i i cannot give it a standalone movie rating be, but i would say that were i to give the show a rating from this movie i would say that i would be surprised if the show wasn't an eight pretty solid stuff jariah i have no pride so i'm gonna <laughs> give this movie a standalone rating uh, <laughs> As a professional raider, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I honestly really enjoyed it, and it made me very curious about Fosters in general, honestly. Yes. Um, it's almost like a gateway, which is weird, since it's basically the ending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really fun and interesting, and I liked all the characters, honestly. Everybody's really enjoyable, and it's just fun, and the world is fun, and it's able to explore the imagination with you, and it never feels like it's leaving you out of it. It's not like going on its own thing, and then like you're forced to follow along with it or whatever, like, let's mm-hmm. say, a uh, cat movie that we watched recently. <laughs> oh, <it's girl. laughs> Man, it is funny that we watch these back-to-back, considering how much we're comparing them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, uh, Foster's is just really, really fun and enjoyable. And honestly, it's it's a recommendation from me. I would give it a 7. It's a, just a fun movie. I think that's the highest you've rated an animated movie so far. No, that's not true. <laughs> what about the arm thing? Oh, the left arm of war. Yeah, or um, I lost my body. There we go. <laughs> I, <forgot>. I was <laughs> close. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, but that's an artsy film. Of course, you would. No, I'm it's, joking. I'm joking. I, mean, it, I guess it kind of is. But, <laughs> but all right, uh, I'll go ahead and lead us out. Um, I'm gonna say right now, my rating definitely does have the impact of Foster's with it. I'm not gonna separate the two because it honestly is kind of hard to separate the two when you're someone like me that kind of grew up with the series and that being said i don't think all of the series is great i think it did falter towards the end but honestly how good this movie is for the considering it's literally at the end mm-hmm. i think it honestly goes to show just the impact of the series for me and i'm really glad that i can say this is essentially one of the endings for the series because it's such a good send-off like i don't care for the actual ending and <laughs> in my mind this probably will just be the ending i kind of did that anyways but it's just really good of a it's just a really good time yeah and like Jariah said it's it's just fun it's fun to get lost in the imagination of these creators who really captured what it's like to be a kid like this is what it feels like playing with toys as a kid honestly yeah so that all being said, I am also going to give it an 8, and I'm really glad Rocky did too because I was worried I was ready to get too high. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
conflicted. I was like, maybe I should be rating this thing higher, but I was like, I had to go with like something intuitive. Intuitively, yeah. I thought like this this feels like what an eight would be. I, yeah. but I was like, I haven't seen enough these kind of animations to know, so I was yeah. shooting in the dark. Yeah. We uh, we'll we'll say that we beat Jiraiya and we won. Yeah, we got a higher <laughs> score than Jiraiya. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> the orphanage is saved. I mean, I'm really glad that Jiraiya gave this a seven too, because I was really worried he'd be like, ah, oh, this is just dumb cartoon stuff. This is just fun. I hate it. I know. Three. <laughs> I'm really glad you like could just be like, yeah, this was just fun the whole way. Like, I think it. There aren't a lot of movies I feel like you say that about that I would show you. Yeah, like. It's just really good at having fun. I mean, when you take the writer behind the Powerpuff Girls, honestly, how can you expect any less, I think? But, yeah, let's, like, it's such a good send-off. Foster's is a good show, so it's really good. It's, again, not my favorite ending to a cartoon. It's not officially in. It's not my favorite <laughs> cartoon movie either, but it's definitely one of the best that I've seen. I would, you know what this this also made me realize watching this. What's up? How hard? I, I mean, probably to the people who made this, it probably was like a piece of cake. But to me, it'd be so freaking difficult to make something like this because you have to tether it in reality enough to understand the forms of what you're working with. But it's such a like shit show of different things, and to actually have it make sense and like to go that far out and like imagination, like how the hell do you even think like that? To you know make this and then also make it make sense, you know, and also not feel lazy because anyone could just make up anything, but to just, <laughs> it just seems like it'd be very, a very challenging thing to do. Right. Like it really, like it's, that's honestly, I'm going to, it's kind of sound like, I think the creators are honestly geniuses in things like writing and character design because like these are characters that are almost just shapes, but they're so recognizable. Like, you could see, you know who Wilt is, you know who Eduardo is, and you can even just see the characters and almost get a good glimpse of their personality through it. Like, Coco, you could tell, is going to be a little kooky because of the design. Yeah. And, like, the way that Eduardo holds himself really shows that he does have, like, a real soft side to him. Mm-hmm. And even Blue, it was, like, the dumbest shape. <laughs> <laughs> just really, like, you could kind of, I don't know how to explain it. You know that... Like, Blue's going to be that kind of person just from his shape, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's like he has this gigantic ego, but there's really not much there. He's yeah. just a blob. <laughs> He's just... And then I, what I really liked about Wilt's design is you have this super tall character who's slightly broken on this side. And then when he talks, he's always apologizing. Right. As if he innately knows he's broken, but he comes up with the best solutions typically. And he's the most sensible. There's yeah. really nothing broken about who he is as a character at all yeah which is very interesting because you can definitely see that in the designs which i thought was pretty cool yeah. i want to say i think wilt has my favorite line in this movie where blue's trying to beat up a toy astronaut putting away fruits and will's like max like he's not even responding and will's like i'm sorry but blues doesn't hit that very hard is that to me and i'm sorry blue's awesome yeah actually <laughs> <laughs> it's like so it's it's beautiful and like Again, it's the dialogue that really gets me because all these characters are completely original characters, completely unique, and they work off each other. Yeah. Even the side characters work off each other. You don't know who they are in this movie, I should say, but like you could tell the chemistry between a lot of the like side yeah. characters. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. It all works really well. But uh, that's going to do it for us on this one, guys. Uh, e, thank you. 
Yeah. Thank you for bringing this movie. Yeah, I'm really glad that it went well. <laughs> I'm, I'm like two for three now, I think. That's that's not I don't me. think that's how that I'm works. Like two for four now, I think. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Rocky, thank you for joining us again. Absolutely. This is a good one. Yeah. And uh, thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Uh, I'd say without you, this would be impossible, but we'd do it anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> what a good thing to tell the audience. You don't matter, but we'll do it anyways. So, Jirai, if if the lovely audience, who we definitely need and appreciate, <laughs> if they would like to contact us, how could they do so? If they want to contact us, E, they can find us on our two social media platforms that we have. We probably should have more, but we don't. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, the last one's in, the last one's in podcast, respectively. Or if they want to shoot us an email, they can do so at thelastonesinpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is thelastonesinpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your imaginary friends. Yeah, actually. So <laughs> tell us what your favorite imaginary friend is or what your imaginary friend was as a kid. That would be fun. <laughs> That'd be fun to read. Remember, if you're protesting out there, do so as safely as possible. PPE testing whatever you can, and if you're not, and you can stay at home, you should do that. Stay home. Stay alone. Stay alive. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Bye. Bye. If you like sexism, (laughs) this is the... One for you. <laughs> That's going to go on our banner now. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, one, two, two, two. Bring it back to the dawn of time when you're singing dun, 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 dun. I don't know the lyrics to the song. <laughs> I, was, I went in really strong. I was pretty confident that I knew the lyrics. That's from and We're then, Back, right? Yeah, I love that movie. That's a good movie. What is that actually from? Is it Land Before Time or something? No, We're Back. <laughs> what it's called, We're Back. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's about dinosaurs coming back. They're back. Land Before Time 20? Kind of. <laughs>